Welcome, welcome. This week, Diceratops presents part 7 of D&D saga, Bed to the Bone. Mascara and Jackwick are on a rescue mission for the Parliament of Birds that has led them to the strange house of Craddock. But two of the brothers Craddock are about to test Jackwick's disguise. Our players are Jules Bergeser and Tom Adams. I'm Morgan Davy, the Dungeon Master. Let's dungeon some dragons. Hey, so we are back for episode number seven of D&D Saga, Bed to the Bone. And I'm Morgan Davy, the Dungeon Master, joined as always for Bed to the Bone Adventures by Tom Adams playing Jackwood Gambleson. Hey, Tom. Kia ora, kia ora. How are we doing, Morg? We're doing pretty well. We're doing pretty well. And also, of course, playing Mascara Stormfire, it's Jules Bergeser. Hey, Jules. Hey. How are we doing? Oh, we're doing fine. We're doing probably a little bit better than your characters are doing right now because um, you are in the in the hot seat, so to speak. Um, we left you inside the uh, courtyard of the Great Craddock Estate as um, uh, Jackwick was disguised as Stanley Craddock and was in the um, in the driver's seat of this wagon. And uh, Mascara Stormfire, I think, was concealed amongst the material that was being carried in the wagon. And two of the Craddock brothers had emerged from the house in a state of agitation and rounded on young Stanley and um, basically expected him to uh, properly praise their demon master. And they looked at Jackwick and said, have you, have you forgotten how to praise his, his name? and looked very expectantly waiting for um jackwick to do something now it's probably relevant to note that it doesn't seem like they have done anything to praise his name but they they have mentioned their demon master and now they're expecting stanley to do something and so with their anticipatory eyes fixed on jackwick let's uh see what is going to happen next so tom um, you're in that hot seat, and of course, Mascara is listening very closely to what's going on. Um, but let's stick with Jackwick. What's what's happening with Jackwick? What is he thinking, and what is he going to do? Uh, Jackwick's thinking, hang on, <laughs> hold on a minute. And so he goes, uh, kind of using, uh, he can't put on the voice, obviously, but he's just going to do kind of something like a gr gruff sound, sound like he's kind of like, Praise our demon lord, have you forgotten how to? We haven't forgotten nothing at all. So, sounds to me like you've forgotten. Sounds like to me you want me to fill in your uh, ideas. Look, Peter isn't even there right now, okay? Peter's not here, which makes you the youngest. You're the one who's got to smite your brow when we praise his name. So get smiting, unless you want us to smite you on his behalf. And Jackwick will, um, uh, I guess, thaumaturgy is kind of the perfect, perfect thing for this. So um, uh, he uh, he kind of starts like furrowing his brow and like slapping the, the, the slapping his forehead and going, "All hail, all hail!" And the and the ground starts to shake and 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 things start to kind of flash and there's like doors opening and shutting and he's like, "All <laughs> hail, is this good enough for you, brothers?" <laughs> all right, I would like you to give me a deception roll with advantage, please. <laughs> well, well, on account of your thaumaturgical uh, um, adumbrations that have assisted your efforts here. 
Well, uh, how does a 26 do you? Oh, my goodness. Um, all right. So, uh, Vincent and Henry, as the doors like behind them slam, um, they both go big-eyed and say, oh, all right, all right, Stanley, that's enough. That's enough praising of his name. I can do it more. I can do it more. I can, summon a, I can smile right into the faces here. Stop him. Stop him now. Or he'll come through and everyone will be sleeping. Do it. Are you sure you don't want that? You sure? <laughs> they look they look legit worried that you are going to keep going. And and uh, now looking at advancing on you um, in order to kind of seize your arms and stop you from doing what you're doing. And he, and he puts his hands down and he goes, all right, all right. <sighs> um. Uh, Henry, the the hound master, looks over at Vincent, who's the eldest of the brothers that are here, and says, I don't think we should uh, ever invoke our demon master when Stanley's the youngest. Make sure Peter's in the room, or Edward. I don't think I want to see you smiting your brow like that again. It pleases him. It pleases him in a way that fills me with terror right down to my boots. Yeah. All right, well... I'll be off then. <laughs> all right, we'll get the horses cleaned up, and then we'll have the brothers meeting in the in the lower dining hall. Come on! And he turns, and um, he and Vincent go back into the house, I guess, leaving you out in the courtyard. Um, Mascara, I presume that you have just been lying ready for action, but um, letting this all pass by. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, um, Mascara has actually been struggling not to burst out with a giant laughing fit at um, all of this. And so the, the the mushroom materials in the back of the cart might have been jigging a little bit as she was sort of like just sort of holding it in. Well, the, the jigging, that, that would have looked entirely of a piece with everything else that was going on, I think. Um, cool. So... I think um, you're you're kind of peeping out through a gap in the mushroom material and you can see them going back into the house. The doors close behind them. Um, because you have an eye for this sort of thing, Mascara, you um, quickly evaluate how easy it would be to get into that door. And then you spot that there's a good window nearby that's ajar. And then there's an easy um, drain pipe that gives access to a higher level. In fact, there are so many, so many places to enter the mm. swing of the house. You're just clocking all of them and evaluating which is the easiest and what does what. Um, as you're doing that, you notice um, that some of the servants that you saw before, uh, well, I don't know how, how much you were peering out before, but certainly Jackwick saw them before, um, are all kind of gazing upon the cart with something that looks a bit, a bit like worry. And um, as they do, one of them kind of reaches up and uh, um, kind of takes his hat off and holds his hat down in, in front of his chest in a kind of a um, submissive pose. And as he does so, a bunch of straw falls out of the hat and falls down around him. And um, you see that his his face just looks a lot thinner and more artificial than a proper person's face. And he kind of nods down in the direction of Jack Wick, and there's another one doing the same thing, and then he jams his hat back on, bit of straw kind of flying behind him. Um, yeah, Jack Wick, I think, um, you, you don't see any of that because you're more focused on the, uh, horse that you are in charge of. And there are another few horses in the stables that need to be cleaned up according to the instruction you received. And sure enough, you can see just inside the stables, there is a great big machine and atop it is written Zompus's patented horse cleaning machine. There's a big <laughs> entrance wide enough for a horse to go, to go in. 
Um, so let's, seeing as you're in the driver's seat, literally, let's uh, hand over to you and see what happens next year. Um, <clears throat> like, I guess Jack Rick kind of um, realizing that he probably shouldn't send the cart through with the horse. That feels like one of those rookie mistakes um, <laughs> that one would make. Uh, not yep. that I've ever done it. Um, and uh, so he'll he'll kind of I guess turn stop the horse in front of it in front of the um, yeah. And I guess now he's in character. Now he's now like he's kind of he, he, he's got a got a also you know a job, good works uh, you know hard work done as a as a as a day's good work. Um, so he kind of hops off and <laughs> like walks over and and un, un, does the horse and uh, you know pushes the, then kind of starts to push the horse and then he realizes there's a whole bunch of servants around. And he's like. Uh, uh, hello. <laughs> okay. Um, There's a few of them that have gathered now, and they're kind of looking expectantly at, at you in the way. Um, and and you are like, uh, if you're listening to Mascara, you'll hear um, mm, Jackwood. Um, you're in charge here. Do you want to tell them to go so I can get out? And, and Jackwood goes, uh, oh, mm, sorry, in your head, of course. Uh, yeah. And, 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 oh, uh, and then he just kind of starts like making like candies. The, 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 the servants are like, oh, off you go. I've, um, I've, I've got it. I've got it. Um, praise be, smite, smite. Praise be, off you go. <laughs> um, you? They, they you? look kind of um, at each other a bit confused. And um, then the one, one of them kind of comes up, takes his hat off again and says, oh, um, my lord, we've got to empty the wagon. And then they all nod and they all start walking towards the wagon to to gather up the stuff that's on the back. We'll just do that for you. It won't take a moment, my lord. And, and uh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I dropped my I dropped my wallet in there. Um, um, give me five five minutes to find it. If you touch my wallet, oh, there'll be smiting of me. Ooh, um, you. <laughs> and then he points at one of them. He goes, you, um, you. Before you go, but um, and no one look because I don't want you to see what's what I've got in my wallet. Um, and he and he goes to, to point to one of these. You, um, where have my useless brothers? You know, there's a new, there's a new person, new, um, um, like prisoner. Where 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 have they moved? Have they moved him? Or her, whatever. Oh, um, give me a give me a persuasion roll. Let's represent how um how effective you're going to be at getting this kind of information out there. They're all scared of you. No intimidation required, but they might not talk about this. Well, it's twenty three. Twenty three. So. All right. So you're you're continuing to be just a dominant figure in your interactions with them. Oh, he's a real method actor. <laughs> um, well, my lord, it's uh that the guest uh yeah the guest is still in the central tower the east um east end of the central tower that rear stair we're, we're not allowed to go anywhere near it unless we disturb them it's all got to be quiet over that way all got to be quiet no noise worth more than our life if we're making any noise over there you you, you... You're darned right it is. Um, um, off you go. Off there you go. Good to get my wallet. Um, all right. Well, they they they're gonna leave. They're like, all right. You heard the Lord. Give him some five. privacy. Give him some privacy. And they all kind of shuffle away. A few bits of straw kind of falling out of their clothing as they as they move and just disappear from view, leaving you alone in the courtyard with some horses and a horse machine 
and uh, mascara, you're probably quite hot and bothered under these yeah. these things, and you can finally she, emerge. She like pushes everything to the sides, like quite dramatically, and sort of emerges through all of this cloud of mushroom fiber, and it's like, wallet, really, wallet. <laughs> Couldn't come up with anything better than wallet. Also, did you notice they're made of straw? I, I may may have noticed that, but also, you know, man's wallet is his pride, uh, and if I've dropped my pride in there, they'll listen. But also, can you check there because I think I might have left my wallet in there. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, no, no, I took it. Uh, old habits. <laughs> She just lifts it up, gives Jeremy it back like, to you. Pits his pockets. He's like, oh, <laughs> got me again. How many is that? Like 30 times? <laughs> 35, but who's counting? I anyway. should get myself a chain for it. <laughs> oh, please do. It'll add an extra challenge. Um, anyway, I've counted at least three ways out of here, and I feel like we should go out of here. That's pretty good. I've only counted one, and that's the one we came through. Yeah. See that drain pipe? A lot easier than you'd think. Than you'd think? I mean, have you have you seen me lately? Oh, wait. I I may... Oh, no, I think I could probably... How many toe holes does I have? <laughs> and she's looking at it and just like, toe, uh, I don't know. I just kind of scamber, fly up. I don't know, like that, you know, like that owl said, you know, sometimes just it's almost like flapping. All right. Well, I guess if you're, if you're, you are a bird, then you should be able to fall up. Like he said, um, <laughs> honestly, I completely lost track of that entire conversation. <laughs> there are birds involved and we're asleep. Well, yes, exactly. And there was flying up, which I think I should be able to do in this case. Right, well, you lead the way, and I'll, I'll scurry behind. Yeah, uh, it's okay. And she pats her bag, which you can clearly see, like, the end of a rope sticking out of, and she's like, I got you. <laughs> like, oh, rope. <laughs> and so she's, she's going to kind of scamber up the drain pipe quickly because that seems to be the least, you know, like, problematic here and, and the mm. most away from here yeah. if you know what i mean yeah, yeah. absolutely so um the climb itself will be very easy for mascara but i still want you to make a climbing roll um mm -hmm. just to represent how just how smoothly the climbing goes because the the house is a bit old it's a bit broken bits might break or crack as you put weight mm -hmm. upon them etc so let me know how you go is this uh, ac acrobatics? Yes, please. And, and sorry, just before you do, Mascara, um, Jacob's going to um, put his uh, hand on your shoulder and go, all right, um, again, good luck. And then he's going to cast Guidance and you get to hit a D4. Nice. Um, I shouldn't need it right now, which I might save it for something else because I just I rolled a it. 22. It's a cantrip. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> awesome. All right. So she, with that. She has. She has a lot of decks. <laughs> yeah. So with a 22, um, you clamber up so uh, smoothly and elegantly. You, you knew it was going to be easy for you, but not only is it easy, but you can pick exactly the kind of most secure places to put your weight to make it um, a good, safe pathway for Jackwick to follow. So we'll just let your roll count forward for um, oh. Jackwick making your way up as well. Um, do you want to just describe the, the image of Jackwick climbing? Are you a good climber or is it more clumsy than that? 
Um, I mean, he, he's he's still a kind of a halfling. Halflings are, are nimble, but he's also, you know, he spends most of his time just walking from place to place, and he's not really a climber. Um, so, so it, yeah, it, it looks it looks more awkward than it is. And I think partly the part of that is because he does a lot of really tight gripping with his feet mm-hmm. and his gigantic toes. Yeah. So it looks like he's not doing a lot with his top half, whereas his, his bottom half is really doing the work. I like to think too, that because of the way this house is and all of its rambling, crazy pieces and stuff, there's bits that we almost have to go upside down and back the other way before we come back round again. So it's yeah. like this really complicated looking climb. Yeah. And then there's these weird, like colorful, like, hand holes in certain places just because <laughs> it's like bits it of rock and fungus yeah. that i've yeah, been yeah. like hold here yeah but the sponsor has been written on there somewhere <laughs> zombus and big kind of <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely cool so you make it into the into the great house you're in an area of the of the um house that is unoccupied you step down into um dust and um just silence well relative silence as um, you then move deeper into the house from there, leave that room and creep along corridors that have not been um, touched, haven't been, no one set foot in these spaces for many, many years. And you are heading closer to the area of the um, great complex, the great house that is occupied where stuff is. And as you um, approach down this corridor towards the um, the main door out of this this extended wing, you begin to hear noises. You begin to hear a whole range of different noises, chirping and tweeting, bird noises. Many, many birds are tweeting from close by. You can hear it through the walls that you are approaching. Um, The sun's coming in the windows and kind of dust is floating in the shafts of light. And... um, that your noses are probably tickling from the from the dust as it's getting into your system so you're trying not to sneeze etc but any sneeze the sound of it will be drowned out by the sound of these birds that are beyond this door you're you're pretty much at the door now is there anything you wish to do i'm assuming you're kind of heading in that direction because there's no other obvious mm-hmm. way to go but i'll let yeah. you tell me yeah i mean it makes sense i think mascara would turn around to jackwork and be like feathers is this where they get the feathers for the the beds, do you think? And, and Jake worked like, you know, that, that moment where you're like, I, yeah, I should have thought about that. <laughs> and like, oh my God, you're right. No, I just thought it was, no, or, ooh, I just thought they like birds. Now that makes a lot more sense. Oh, well, don't I look like an, a, a wee, wee little lily? That's, uh, that's embarrassing. How big do you think these birds might be? Either giant or there's thousands of them. Yeah, because if they were giant, they could fly us to the top of the tower. <laughs> but maybe they can't get out of here. So maybe so, we can't get out of here on a bird. Maybe I'm overthinking this. <laughs> no, no. You know what? I think we should have all our options available to us when we get to them. And if we need to, you know, descend my bird, the opposite of which I understand they do, uh, then, you know, we'll do it. I'm small enough. <laughs> I'm sure well, I've fallen I- off a bird before. And, and Mascara gives you this look and it's like a look you'd be pretty familiar with. It's like the look where she's coming up with like a scheme or a scam or a, just up, mis, up to mischief, you know, and it's got like a certain twinkle in her eye and she looks at you and she's like, I want to open the door. Do you want to open the door? I kind of want to open the door just to see what's in there. <laughs> and and, and Jake, um, 
<laughs> kind of that weird dichotomy of like being the sensible one, but also being the kind of quasi agent of chaos is like, well, you know, the opposite is not opening the door and that doesn't seem like any fun at all. So let's do it. <laughs> so Mascara either tries to open the door and if it doesn't open, she will get her <laughs> like open up her vest of lock picks and just like select the correct thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, you are correct that this door is locked because it has not been used for a, for a very long time. This whole area of the, of the house is locked and sealed. But to one of your talents, Mascara, it is uh, a, a lock that we needn't even dignify with a 20-sided dice roll. Um, the lock opens and you pass through the doorway into a large space. And then you realize pretty swiftly that you had to pass through the space to get out of um, the closed off area because walls, interior walls have been knocked down and you can see a whole open swathe with uh, windows on the far side and um, windows in the ceiling, holes in the ceiling, shining light down. And inside this enormous space, uh, four or five separate huge cages filled with birds. This is a, an aviary. And um, you are just just walking into, in fact, one of these um, open spaces. There are, there are cages divided within it, but also the space itself is filled with birds that are um, not kind of kept in the specific cages. There are just birds everywhere, colorful tropical birds. There are flightless birds running along um, underfoot. Um, there's a, a healthy layer of straw um, laid down all around. And as you walk, you can see that there are a number of, um, uh, of helpers, of servants kind of shuffling around and uh, adjusting the straw and replacing the straw and straws falling out of their own clothing as well. Um, they're a bit less um, kind of human-like. These are more shuffling, more, more fresh off the... Um, fresh Us. off the... Yeah. Stick. <laughs> the stick that's it fresh off the stick and um they're all kind of walking around with their heads down as the birds turn and flutter but there's a big swirl of greenish um beautiful birds around a central figure standing with his back to you and he's a um, a man with um kind of long blonde locks and he is holding a hand up and in his hand he must have seed because there are a succession of birds flying down to land on his hand and feed from it as he um, just <coughs> kind of looks looks around at this this flock that is swirling around him um beyond him some distance beyond him there is another door that leads elsewhere into the rest of the house that's where you need to go to access the rest um but yeah He's there. There's and a I, big, big space. I launch straight into, ah, and here we have the aviary. <laughs> uh, and as you can see, there are many types of birds here. And I'm like, well, oh, yeah. well, 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 I never look at all these birds. Thank you very much, Turgoid, for and, these. And, and this here might be Peter or Edward. <laughs> I just kind of like, and I'm like, um, the the man turns around. He is the youngest of the brothers that you have seen so far. Um, fresh faced, you would almost say, uh, handsome, and um, yeah, he's interesting with a shaft of light from above falling upon him and the birds circling around his face. He looks particularly handsome and and noble in this light. 
and he looks at you with startling blue eyes and says, yes, I'm Peter. I wasn't aware there were any tours ever. How do you yes. want to be here? Special tours for Zumpus VIPs. And I, I sort of hold out the <laughs> coin and I'm like, again, like internally, like screwing up my face being like, dear God, let this work. But outside just being like, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this sounds to me like it's a deception situation. Did you have anything to add to that, uh, Tom? <laughs> Jack looks like, uh, yes, thank you. Uh, as, as one of the shareholders, key shareholders of Zumbus, uh, I am here to see my investment, sir. Let's, let's have a roll. <laughs> oh, God, this Ugh. is going to be. Is, the, is that <laughs> guidance still sitting there waiting to be used? Oh, it, we might not need it. How do we go? 25, net 20. <laughs> oh, I got a 15. <laughs> okay. Um, so... <Clutch. laughs> I think uh, Peter um, kind of takes takes you in and uh, the coin and the investor over your shoulder and he returns his attention to you and he says, well, you are most welcome. We don't often get visitors here to the aviary, but well, I'm delighted to show it to you. There's so many, so many species of birds, such beautiful creatures, beautiful, beautiful creatures. Uh, and he begins pointing out different species and the faraway lands that they have been come from and um, the, the means that he is using to breed them with each other and try and um, uh, find good breeding pairs so that the, they can just have a wonderful self-sustaining aviary of all different kinds of birds. Yeah, and I, I am asking, like, sort of genuine questions, but sort of leading back to, like, what are the birds for? And and I'm if I hear a place name I'm not super familiar with, mm-hmm. you know, like, I'm wondering if that's from another realm. So I would, you know, like, is it from our realm or... Like, is this connected to many realms? Like, is kind of what I'm trying to find out. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, well, he he becomes quite voluble at your at your questions. Um, he's quite happy to talk about the four corners of of the world where these have come from, and it becomes pretty clear that there are birds that have been gathered from far over oceans, but not other dimensions or other worlds. It's all it's right. all from um this this reality, and um. Uh, he's he's obviously it's becoming very clear to you um but like you've got your natural 20 and he's just talking he's just talking and talking mm. trying to um impress the the tourist and um to be useful to the tour guide um it's obvious that he really is kind of taken with these birds and he's quite fond of them and he's quite um engaged with their well-being and there's there's some that he talks about the efforts that he's gone to to help them settle in so they'll be comfortable here and as he's doing that it becomes increasingly clear that he doesn't like to talk about what the birds are for um you can certainly press him on this point but whenever you you try and guide the conversation there kind of in a general sense he, he the the topic just gets changed and he's talking about something else um <clears throat> jack jack's gonna put up his hand he goes uh hello sir shareholder um just out of curiosity you've got a lot of birds here what's your newest bird the newest well uh, we actually have um a, a large uh two-legged beast 
over in the far corner. It's a singular creature, but um, I'm trying to to study its needs. So uh, come, 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 come. And he leads you through the aviary or kind of uh, through the darkness, picking your way around some of the big cages. And then on the far side, quite near the door out, there's a big standalone cage. And there's a bunch of birds kind of sitting on the on the roof of the cage. But inside the cage, standing um gazing at you as a is a large two-legged creature like an like an ostrich or an emu um that that manner of beast and it fixes its um eyes on you with some kind of avian malevolence it doesn't want to be in here it's not enjoying it at all and it kind of puffs up its shoulders and its feathers go big <laughs> opens its beak it's just it's not very happy but well it's a magnificent creature and it well, uh, Uncle George believes its feathers show great promise. Uncle George. Uh, uh, by the way, sir, they all have two legs. Um, but anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, not that one over there in the corner. That definitely had six. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Sorry, I've been here too long. All right. Uh, <laughs> And uh, Jack Wick's going to walk up to the to the to the bars, mm. and he's going to um, he's going to think at it, and he's going to go. Actually, uh, sorry, and he, and, he, and he goes, "Now look, this is embarrassing. I've completely forgotten who sent us, but you're not, you know, you're not an apprentice of someone's, are you?" <laughs> um, the the bird's bird brain replies with uh, just an incoherent expression of fury that it is being locked up and that it is away from its flock it's not right. it's not uh, an intelligent apprentice bird <laughs> just just a, just an humble question no need to get all you know <coughs> and he turns and looks at um at peter and goes this this thing here quite wait well, a little bit annoying isn't it um, well i'm to be honest, I, I I admire its character. It's it has a lot of spirit for a bird, <laughs> a lot of personality. You wish you were a little more resistant, do you, Peter? I'm sorry. What? Just you know, I know that it must be hard to be the youngest of all the brothers. Oh. Well, I, I don't know if this is entirely appropriate for a discussion in front of a tour. I, I'm very committed to the family business, yes. You needn't worry, um, Mr. Shareholder. So what, what was your name? Uh, Wickjack, son of um, Sun Gamble. <laughs> uh, Mr. Wickjack, uh, pleasure Wickjack. to meet you. Uh, I'm Peter Craddock, of course, and um, yes, the, the family business is... Well, we're seeking new ways to expand and uh, we're reaching further than ever before. Uh, the family, of course, stretches across all three continents. So, Yeah, and, and Mascara kind of seeing his expression and seeing how hard he's trying to justify things, sort of actually in a moment of empathy, reaches out and kind of touches his arm and is like, no, it, you must really care about the family business too give up the ones you love and she sort of gestures around her a bit okay i think um i think this is another another persuasion type role because you're trying to make a real a real connection with him here 
Um, yeah, I'm kind of hoping yeah. to touch some empathy and being yeah. like, I might be able to f- get him to realize that there are people missing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Um, so I just wrote a 19. <laughs> like, like, I, I mean, there's no point in showing you because yeah. like, I could, yeah. I, I could have just put it there, but no, seriously. I, um, this is, yeah. this is going to be one of those games where the, the dice rolls are just completely shaping this, everything. That's yep. stupid. Yeah. I mean, my persuasion's only a plus two. So, I mean, that's only a, no, a I, but. I love it. I love it. I think, um, Peter, he um, he kind of meets your eyes and then he reaches out and he takes your um, wrist in his hand gently and he says, they are little creatures and they only live to be free and to fly and I do what I can for them. I do everything I can. Yes, I understand. Don't you wish that everything that could be free had its time to fly? Well, Uncle George says that if we manage to fully replace the need for... He says a lot of things, Uncle George. Peter. I don't believe he has any intention of changing what we're doing here. Let me be honest, Peter. We're here in search of somebody. Somebody missing. Somebody who has been trapped in here unfairly. Somebody who needs to fly. Do you know of what I speak, Peter? Yes, I think I do. Can you at also, least? I'm sorry, I lied. I'm, I'm Jack Wick, not Jack Wick Jack. I panicked. I'm sorry. And she says, I'm not asking you to put yourself on the line. I'm asking you to let me put myself on the line. Would you at least help me? with some kind of knowledge as to how I could help her fly or them fly. I will take you. I will take you to the staircase. It's the best I can do. The The main route is well guarded, but I know a back way. <laughs> there are so many back ways in this place. It's, it's a maze. It changes underfoot each night. But I can find the way because... Because I worry... I worry about them. And Mascara's just nodding and looking right into his eyes and, you know, like, just real empathy in her face. Very genuine. She's not faking this, you know. Yeah. And she's like, let's go. Okay. Go, you know. Yeah, cool. She, um, uh, he leads you out of the aviary um, along other corridors, along kind of strange, strange highways and byways up and down. And um, you, you go up a spiral staircase and then um, down another spiral staircase and somehow end up higher than you started out. It's it's just very strange, disorienting geography. And he um, opens up a panel in a wall and it leads into another room and another set of corridors. And you're pretty sure that the geography just doesn't work, but he's leading you and pulling you along. And um, as he as he is taking you through this place, he um, now and then just looks back and um, uh, kind of 
re- renews his his confidence yeah. this is the right thing to do and he keeps going and he's saying stay quiet stay quiet and finally he comes to a staircase um it's a spiral staircase and it's going up and um there's like a couple of corridors uh that are converging at the base of the staircase but it's obvious you're um you're kind of in a back section of the of the house so it's not easy to get here and um he says up at the top of the stair um there's a locked door and they're behind it they've been behind it sometimes sometimes they have wings sometimes they don't but sometimes i hear them singing and and mascara grabs them again by the shoulders like i will help them thank you so much and then just like hugs him mm-hmm. like real hard like just genuinely hugs and is like you've done good today and then like turns her attention to the stairwell and is like come on jack Wick. cool and jack reaches out his hand he's like you know shakes his hand he's like thank you sir uh you know you can make a go of you know being a bird fellow without all these other people i, I recommend that you know people love birds don't have to do it here go anywhere <laughs> you want anyway go. just a thought bip, bip. go um you take some steps up the stairwell and you hear a door open nearby and a voice come echoing down the hallway peter i've been listening to your thoughts peter Uh are you doing bad and peter looks um down the hall you can't see where he's looking you can just see his face go ashen white uncle george it's not what it looks like honestly it's not what it looks like and you hear footsteps coming down the corridor and uncle george's voice i will judge that for myself and there is suddenly this eruption of um like charged electricity in the air and and he falls to his knees and begins to scream peter begins to wail in agony as it looks like black tendrils start to wrap around his shoulders and he's throwing himself back and forth in an obvious obvious hideous pain do you try and help and intervene or do you yeah, just make your way up the stair what do you do no there's no way mascara like having had a genuine connection with him will leave him she would absolutely erupt from where they are in the stairs mm-hmm. like daggers held in both her hands trying to go for like full-on sneak attack to whoever's doing that to him you know what i mean yeah yeah i don't think sneak attack is going to be possible because um this person's down down a corridor away oh, from yeah. you advancing so by the time i get to them yeah yeah um so basically you will have to reveal yourself to intervene mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and she does she okay screams out like coward get away from him you know like yeah nice you look down the hallway um you uh, have stood in between peter and um you look and you can see the the aged face of a bent over older older man still with those distinctive craddock features but gray hair thinning gray hair and piercing eyes just horrific magical energy swirling around his slender form and he looks at you and smiles and says more visitors more visitors for the airy 
and I think he's going to attack you and we're going to do all that next time because this feels like a big cliffhanger um so the camera I guess is going to zoom right in on Jackwick for the final words of the episode like tentacles <laughs> seen those before <laughs> <laughs> fantastic and that's gonna that's gonna do us for uh episode number seven and we're in a big fight with the big bad the master that you were you were asked to kill so maybe maybe you'll pull it off maybe not um but i think that's gonna do us for for today um so i am morgan david the dungeon master and uh thank you to tom adams thanks tom thank you and thank you jules burger see you later all right see you later bye bye, bye. This has been Diceratops Presents Bed to the Bone Part 7. Bed to the Bone is also on YouTube. Find us there at DiceratopsNZ, which is also how you find us on Twitter and Facebook and Insta. Do sign up for our email newsletter at Diceratops.nz. All the hot stuff comes through there. And whatever you do, don't dream about forgetting your tickets for our live shows at the Wellington Fringe Festival in March. Three, count them, three shows on successive Saturday nights. D&D Live. Don't dream it's ogre. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. I'm Morgan Davey. We are Diceratops. We love games and our shows are for everyone.